Episode 157 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Governor Laura Kelly has been in the hot seat as she guides Kansas through the pandemic. She's been praised and she's been criticized. The governor joins us today to discuss her process of balancing public health with protecting the Kansas economy. I will promise to continue to partner uh, with our business community uh, so that each individual uh, can can come out of this uh, and that we as a state uh, as a whole uh, can can grow and thrive. Governor Kelly joins us in a moment. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, Small Business, Big Mission. The Wichita Business Journal is telling the pandemic story of five Wichita businesses. We've been following them for weeks, and now in the weekly edition, we tell their stories. And it's part of a nationwide project. All 44 American City Business Journal newsrooms have been following businesses in their cities. All stories are available online. Also this week, we feature 23 Wichita area women who lead in financial services. Begins on page 21. Our list, Kansas lobbyists, based on how much money they spent last session. Page 38. Our leads section. Each week we provide for you business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. This week it begins on page 43. Governor Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Bill, it's great to be with you. I know the days seem to run together, um, but when was the first time you really sort of realized that COVID-19 was going to have a significant impact on us? Well, you know, I, I was actually paying attention to what was going on in China and I was a little concerned because uh, this virus you know, followed the pattern of some others uh, that uh, cropped up uh, overseas and then uh, hit our shores. So, so it was way back in January, I think, when I, I realized that we might have an issue and I just kept my eyes on it. Uh, and obviously it was when, um, you know, we started to see those spikes uh, in Kirkland, Washington, particularly in the nursing facilities out in Washington. Uh, that I became very concerned and, and realized that we're probably going to have a problem on our, our hands. I think we actually issued our first, uh, you know, the statewide stay home order uh, in March, uh, early March. And, um, but we had been taking other actions before that in, in anticipation uh, that, that we had a problem on our hands. Take us back to those early days. Um, th- what was the process leading up to the uh, Save at Home order and and who was involved in that? I believe the order was actually announced March 30th. Was it March 30th? Um, yeah, that 
that seems a little later than I remember, but um, maybe because we'd been working on things so long and a lot of the local units of government had been putting in some stay home orders. And I think that's right. We, we sort of watched what was going on and then realized, you know, with um, the, the, our larger counties doing this, even some of our smaller counties that we probably needed to step in and create a uniform uh, stay home order uh, statewide. Uh, because the virus was spreading uh, and we, we wanted to mitigate that as much as we could. And, and it's really hard to do that with a patchwork. Um, the virus knows no boundaries. Right. So before we actually issued the stay home order, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many meetings that I had um, and crossing the whole spectrum. You know, we, we were talking to our businesses, we were talking to individual industry sectors within our businesses so that everybody would be uh, cognizant of why we were doing what we were going to do and and what were we thinking longer term. So um, just everybody in the brother and particularly uh, we were spending a lot of time uh, with our public health um, experts and uh, using uh, the science and the data uh, to drive our decisions. I suspect your phone and your staff's phones were ringing constantly, probably as businesses and industries sort of lobbied to remain essential. Am I correct in that assumption? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they, um, yeah, there was a lot of communication and I welcomed it. You know, we really wanted to do this to keep Kansans safe and healthy, but we wanted to do it in the right way. And we needed the buy-in of businesses uh, to be able to make this uh, work. And, and quite honestly, our business community uh, all across the state, they, they responded so responsibly, so professionally, and I really appreciate their cooperation. The, uh, again, safe at home restrictions began at the end of March. You knew some would criticize it. Of course, you can't please everybody, but was it the reaction that you expected when you made the announcement? You know, I, I'm really thinking there were, there were two announcements, I think. I, I think I might have issued the close down of the schools right. uh, before we actually did the stay home order. And that's what I was thinking about originally, because that was uh, middle of March. That's right. That. And so, you know, there was a, a, an immediate um, and uh, vocal response uh, to that. But I will tell you that it was it was on both sides. There were those who uh, criticized us for uh, for having you know done this sweeping all schools closed for the whole rest of the year. But by and large. Um, folks really understood it and appreciated the fact that we were the first to do that because what it did was it gave our school districts and our parents and our child care providers some certainty about where to go, what to do, and, and what this would look like rather than every two weeks we tell them, okay, you're shut for another couple of weeks. Uh, with the stay home order, um, I think by that time, uh, people were sort of anticipating it. Like I said, enough of our other large uh, counties had already done that. So, and I think I think county leaders actually appreciated the fact that we we provided that uh, consistency from border to border. Many folks, as I'm sure you heard, obviously said, uh, "Why liquor stores and not hair salons?" And some of the other comparisons they were making. How did you come to those decisions? had to do really with what, well, one, what we considered an essential service. And right. 
the uh, food and beverage uh, are essential. That's why the grocery stores uh, were allowed to stay open uh, so that people could, could get food. Uh, that's why restaurants were allowed to provide carry out you know, that um, we considered that essential. Uh, the other thing that, that came, I consider haircuts essential myself. Sure. But we, we did couch it on, were you able to provide the social distancing? You know, were you able to provide a safe environment in which people uh, could do the business? And early on, we decided that, that nail salons, barbershops, uh, tattoo parlors, and those kinds of things, you know, we didn't really know enough about the virus uh, other than to take as strong prevention as we could, which was to, to not allow those until we had a much better sense of uh, how you might be able to do that safely. And then I would tell you also that the cosmetology and barbering uh, professions really stepped up you know, and, and created good base guidelines for all of their members uh, across the state to enact before they opened their shop. And uh, that, that was also helpful uh, in, in moving our decision was knowing that, um, that they could do it and do it safely and that they would. Industries uh, stepping up and individual businesses stepping up had to be very important in your decision-making process. It was crucial. Uh, in, in fact, you know, I, I remember uh, calls that I had with a number of the hospitality industry, for instance, uh, and you know, that's why we were able to you know, allow them to do the carryout and delivery uh, but then also why we were able to open them as quickly as possible, even though there were restrictions, uh, we were able to do that because they put in place really very, very specific guidelines, uh, very clear safety um, protocols. And so we were, we were comfortable uh, that they would do that and that they would do it right and they have. Your Ad Astra plan was uh, for reopening was announced uh, end of April. I had four phases. Talk about that process and how you went about creating that Ad Astra plan. Well, again, uh, that was a lot of conversations with a number of experts and in the business world, uh, the various industries to figure out how we could uh, reopen our economy uh, cautiously uh, and safely. And so there, everybody was at the table uh, and had opportunity for input in that. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, one, I wanted to get our businesses back open. I, I you know, I completely understand, um, you know, I'm dealing with uh, the, uh, the problems that our, that our businesses are facing. I'm dealing with that in reduced revenues coming into the state. So, you know, I have a vested interest in getting them back uh, online also. Uh, but we wanted to do this uh, carefully uh, and as scientifically as we possibly could so that uh, we did not spark uh, outbreaks uh, or surges. And, and quite honestly, we were successful. Uh, you know, we have really mitigated and, and flattened that curve um, because we took such a, an incremental, cautious approach to reopening the economy. In the middle of a lot of this uh, decision-making on your part, you got a call from Washington, said, hey, can you come visit with the president? <laughs> Uh, talk about that and uh, how that went and uh, what were your impressions? Well, I had had uh, several conversations with 
the White House with the president was on the line, the vice president was on the line, uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, uh, you know, Health and Human Services, their emergency management folks. So, you know, the, the president had been having these calls on a weekly basis with governors uh, for uh, six, eight weeks. Uh, so I had some sense of um, what they were doing and where they were going and what we needed uh, to, how we needed to partner with them. So the, the opportunity to go and actually sit at the table with the president uh, and Dr. Burks was also at the table and Larry Kudlow from the National Economic Council was at the table to be able to sit there and, and really talk about uh, what's going on in Kansas and, and what we need from the federal government, uh, what we would like to see the president do directly uh, to his ear uh, was an opportunity I would not pass up. It's very important for Kansans uh, that I be at that table and that I make clear uh, what it is that, that we need uh, to be able to get through this and thrive. You're in different parties, but he had nice things to say. Uh, were you surprised at that? Um, you know, I, not really. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been uh, in a bipartisan world for a very long time. You know, this is my 16th year here at the state capitol, and uh, I have always worked uh, across party lines. You know, it's, it really is the only way to get something done. So uh, even if I don't agree uh, with you on some fundamentals, uh, I'll try to find a way to work with you uh, to get uh, something done. The legislature passes their bill. Uh, you, you vetoed it, and then you decided to shift the reopening process to the counties. Talk about that decision. Why did you make that decision? Well, um, you know, the fact of the matter is we, we, we really didn't have a choice. If I hadn't vetoed that bill, uh, you know, the uh, emergency declaration would have expired, and what we would have lost as a state would have been incredible. Uh, and incredibly devastating. And so I, I felt like I had absolutely no choice uh, but to, to veto that bill and then to call them back uh, so that we can do this right. Uh, you know, if, we, if we let that emergency declaration expire, uh, we lose so much support from the federal government uh, and you know, the ability of the state emergency management and public health people to work with the locals and get the local communities what they need. So it just, it, uh, it was reckless, it was dangerous, and I absolutely had a moral responsibility to veto that. Uh, and I will say that the legislature has a responsibility to come back next week and fix this um, as, as we go forward. So um, I didn't want to do it, uh, I just didn't have any choice. And you, uh, you decided to let, these, uh, let the counties uh, go ahead and take responsibility for uh, their restrictions or lack of restrictions on, on their folks. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I go did, ahead. I did that, Bill, because, um, you know, as you know, there were threats of, of lawsuits and, all, and um, I really, where I, I felt like, uh, we were on good legal standing for every action that we have taken. I did not want to put uh, the, the future of Kansas and Kansans at risk. You know, I, I didn't want to uh, risk uh, not having an emergency declaration. Uh, and 
and then everything just blows up and there's no way that we can assist much less lead so by giving it back to the counties i think we we uh, really lessen the possibility uh that you know somebody will file a lawsuit and we'll get distracted by that and, and set a potential serious loss to the state uh and plus you know i mean that's where we started with the counties having the responsibility and uh i think they they did a good job then and I'm uh, very optimistic that uh, they're ready to uh, take on this responsibility and do it. And I think we also get to, you know, we have more data now uh, than we had before, uh, and so do the local units of government. So I, I think they're better equipped uh, to, to handle the responsibility. Johnson County uh, and Sedgwick County sort of said, let's go with the Ad Astra plan. But uh, especially Sedgwick County said, we're not really going to enforce this, meaning basically we're, we're back open. I think it was Harvey County in our area that said, we're going to stick with the Ad Astra plan. Uh, are you surprised at, at those decisions by those counties? Well, um, I, I actually watched a county commission uh, meeting online uh, yesterday, and so I heard the discussion. And... Um, you know, it's not what I would have done. Uh, I, I think uh, it's important to um, use the, the responsibility placed in you by, by folks who are elected. Uh, they, they want you to lead, uh, they want you to make decisions, uh, and they want you to have their best interests at heart. So I would not have done that, uh, but you know, I, I've got to put my faith and trust in the people of Sedgwick County uh, that even though it's not mandated, um, or there would be no penalty, uh, that they will do what's in their best interest and what's in the best interest of their friends, their family, their neighbors. What's your biggest concern as we move forward here at the end of May? Oh, uh, you know, I, one, um, I, I am very concerned about the economy, uh, you know, both because of how it affects individuals and their families, but also because how it, how it will affect the, the state overall. You know, we, we had just been climbing out of the ditch and putting, putting our, um, our economy back on track. Uh, and uh, this is a huge hit, uh, and uh, we're going to have to work our way out of this. We have established uh, a recovery office that will be focused on uh, essentially helping our local units of government in particular deal with some of the economic fallout uh, of all of this. That, that's where we will administer all of the CARES Act, the stimulus funds that have come in to the state. So that office is up and running and, and uh, we'll be uh, you know, pushing that money down to our local units of government and, and eventually I imagine our businesses, you know, there will be an application process and whatnot. So, I'm worried about that, you know, um, as we've been looking at, you know, the budget because the revenue shortfalls that we're experiencing mean that there could be some need for allotments, essentially cuts, uh, as we go forward. I'm, I'm working with the budget office to ensure that whatever we do, that we try uh, as much as we can to preserve the infrastructure in the state, the economic uh, development infrastructure. Uh, you know, our roads, our broadband, uh, our school system, uh, our information technology system, so that when we emerge from this, and we will uh, at some point, uh, 
when we emerge from this, we're not having to refill the holes, uh, you know, just to, to get to level ground like we did when we first came in uh, a year and a half ago. So I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to, to make sure that we have uh, economic foundation to grow on. Any special message for the owners and managers of small and medium-sized businesses in, in Wichita and the state of Kansas? Oh, you know, I, uh, I just want them all to understand that um, I recognize uh, how hard this is, uh, how awful it's been, you know, to, to them individually, to their families, and obviously to their business, businesses themselves. Uh, and I will promise to continue to partner uh, with our business community uh, so that you know, each individual uh, can can come out of this uh, and that we as a state uh, as a whole uh, can can grow and thrive. Not a lot of bipartisan talk these days, but it seems like folks on both sides said they did not envy the decisions the governors had to make throughout this process. Uh, there are more d difficult decisions to make, as you know, obviously. We wish you luck as we uh, move forward, and we hope to talk to you again soon, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly. Thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. The Wichita Business Journal staff has been working hard to provide readers with the information you need to help you make decisions during these tough times. We're not stopping anytime soon. See our coverage at wichitabusinessjournal.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 157. My thanks again to Governor Laura Kelly. We hope you're doing it well as you make your way through these difficult times. Now is the time to be creative, innovative, and entrepreneurial as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. No doubt our lives and our companies will experience permanent changes. If there's any story we can do to help or any leader you want to hear from, please let me know. Email me at bROy at bizjournals.com. Check out all our episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.